<laughs> hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to the Bow Fishing Buzz brought to you by AMS Bow Fishing and Mega Mouth Bow Fishing as well. Happy 2024, Schmitty. Yes, sir. First episode in 2024. That's what I'm talking about. Episode oh. 73. Yes, sir. My name is Matthew, and of course, D. Schmitty mm-hmm. on the other side, right over there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's bright in here, huh? It is, is bright, it bright in here, here Schmitty. Matt, um, I just want to put the sunglasses. I just want to see if you're familiar with the phrase, uh, once a fluke, twice a pattern. You ever heard that before? I have never heard that before, no. You've heard that it, uh, you know, the cream rises to the top. Yeah, I've heard, yes. You've heard that it's lonely at the top. It's lonely when you're up at the top by yourself. Yeah. And I tell you what, I've never felt so alone. Because well, you haven't had a girlfriend in like 20 years. Okay, besides that. <laughs> <laughs> besides that. Um, I'm just curious. In the Bowfishing Ninjas fantasy football world, I think that oh, we have geez. a back-to-back champion, baby. The Swamp Assassins, D. Schmitty's team. Let's go. Thank you I'll for give the you applause. That. I'll give you that. You did win the Bowfishing Ninjas. Boom. That's what I'm talking fantasy about. fantasy football here yep. at the AMS shop. Dominated. You did win it. Dominated. You did win it. Dominated win. all year. And the mm-hmm. best part of all of this is that I won $10,000. No, actually, it was $130. But yeah. still, two years in a row. And now, Matt, as you guys remember us talking about has to shoot a fish in a dress next year because I finished higher no, than that, he you, did. You are nope. messing up the rules. I finished third. Okay, he, to, For that to happen, you had to finish dead last. Okay, let me ask everybody who's listening here. You guys send us an email, message us on social media, comment on the podcast. Should Matt have to shoot a fish in a dress? I think it was whoever fa- finished last between no, us that's, two. That's, that's, that's not how, how the I rules took it. went. You so I remember listening to those rules and going, you know what, Schmitty, step it up. Two years in a row. Let's go. Put your LeBron face on. Let's go get some back-to-back champs. And we we did it, baby. We freaking did it. You got lucky. Did it. You got lucky. Sore loser. You got lucky. Sore loser. <laughs> <laughs> no, congratulations. Congratulations right, the, to, uh, I can't of, remember the name of your team. The Swamp Assassins. Swamp Assassins. Come on, show yeah. some respect. Show some respect. Yep, yep, All right, remember. Cocky Derek is gone. Podcast Derek is back. I'm going to bring back, I'm going to come in here now hot and heavy with Cocky Matt. <laughs> oh, okay. But you, what did you win that you, I did not win, but the Green Bay Packers. Yes. <laughs> Talk about a walloping yesterday. That's what I'm talking about. Oh, man. Today is Monday, January 15th. I hope it's the 15th. Is it the 15th? Yeah. It's the 15th. Yeah. And yesterday, our Green Bay Packers, our youngest team in the league, our, wow. oh, Jordan loves no Aaron Rodgers, went into AT&T Stadium and whooped yeah. Yeah. the Dallas Cowboys. There was a record, Schmidt, that, that oh. you were talking about. The Green Bay Packers have more playoff wins in AT&T Stadium than the Cowboys that's, do. That's, you know what that is? <laughs> let, me, let me draw a comparison, Matt, to the bowfishing world. <laughs> Say we had a tournament up here in Wisconsin, and a bunch of guys from California came to shoot the tournament, and every, they, came, they have more wins at that tournament than we do in our right, home state. Right. That's what the comparison is to it. Yeah. That, watching that game yesterday was like, it was like a dream come oh true. My I like, couldn't believe my eyes. It was ridiculous. Wide open receivers oh. on the right side of the field. Yeah. And here's the biggest stat of that game, man. Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones, Musgrave. I mean, Wicks. Dobbs wow. had a crazy game. But let me share this little statistic with you. I don't know. You probably heard it yesterday during the broadcast. Our leading receiver all year, Jaden Reed, 
Rookie out of Michigan State, I believe. Matt, you know how many catches he had yesterday? I think he ended up with one. Did he have one? I don't even know if he had I, one. I know maybe one maybe time, he did have one. Yeah, I think at one time he didn't have zero, yeah. no catches in the fourth quarter. No, he had he had like zero catches through three quarters of the game. And, and we put up 48 points. Mm-hmm. That just shows mm-hmm. you the dynamic. Now, we got to go to San Francisco. Might get walloped by the Niners. Get, yeah. They're ridiculous. Yep. They are the, the Niners are a juggernaut if I've yeah. ever seen one in the league. Yeah. But we're just riding high. We Absolutely. are happy. And to top it off last night, old Dame Time Lillard pulls oh. up from half court and drains a three <laughs> at the buzzer to beat the Kings. Yep, Let's the, go. Yep, the Bucks won too. Oh, man. Yeah. Man. Yep. What a week. What a week. What a week. ATA show was done and wrapped up for yep. this year. We just got back from there Saturday night at mm-hmm. like 1 o'clock in the morning. Yep. yep. If you guys... um. You got, you'll probably have it on the video portion of this podcast. Yeah, actually, um, we got that cool time lapse that we did there when yeah. we were setting that booth up. Yep. And it shows us from our little booth spot right there from the cement floor all the way up to the final. Yeah. You know, in a little time lapse of yeah. us setting up the floor and the back walls and the product mm-hmm. and, and everything, was, getting lights on and everything. We You documented that very well, actually, to show everybody on the podcast, yeah. too. And a little bonus here. If you guys are ever wondering what it's like to drive in an Antarctic snowstorm... That's what we drove back in yeah. Saturday night into Sunday morning. Yeah. That was ridiculous. Matt was driving, thank God, because that it was it was Yeah. We, there were vehicles in the ditch, semis in the ditch. It was crazy. The wind was just whipping. Yeah, from Bloomington when we got to Bloomington, Illinois, all the way up to the Ohio or uh, the Illinois River. Yeah. It was a complete way though. Yeah. It was nuts. It was crazy. We took some video, but the video even doesn't. The do video does The video looks bad. It was worse than what yeah. you're going to see. Every car had its flashers on. Yep. There was like chain reaction accidents yep. where somebody would lose control going to ditch, and all of a sudden, boom, 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 boom. Yep. There'd just be a chain reaction of more of them in the ditch. I thought what I was thought was crazy is we'd be going along, you know, in, in our right side, our our where where our traffic is heading that direction, and you would see a, a semi in the ditch that it went into the ditch, obviously on our side of the highway, and it was facing. The wrong way. Yeah. It somehow, it spun enough jackknife right. and that out of that back trailer gets behind it. And the semi was facing the wrong direction right. of where we right. were going. That's how slick and bad mm-hmm. people were. So I hope everybody is all right with that. But the roads were rough yeah, it was going a, back. 60 miles. So it's about a seven and a half, eight hour drive for yeah. us to get back here to central Wisconsin. Yeah. Well, 60 miles out of St. Louis, I had to take the crews off because oh. icy roads and stuff. And I wasn't able to use the cruise control again until we got hour away from home. Yeah. Yeah. And my leg, my leg was sore. And we were, it was all looking good. And then all of a sudden we were driving back and all of a sudden I'm sitting there. I had to reach in the back to grab something out of the backpack. And all of a sudden the truck just Took started off. to turn sideways. Off. Yeah, I'm like, what ice. the heck? And then I'm like, man, was that ice? Uh, yep. Yeah. And we luckily righted the truck, righted itself and we were fine. Yeah. But that was when we were like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. we got to lock in here. <laughs> we got What do you think in. about this year's ATA show, Schmitty? Yeah. ATA show, I think just. And you know what? I'm just going to give everybody who maybe doesn't know what the ATA show is just a little bit of a briefing on it. The ATA show is the Archery Trade Association yep. show. That's what ATA stands for. Largest archery show in America. Has been for, for yeah. decades. Huge show. Um, every hunting brand that has anything to do with archery. So you're talking all of your bow dealers. You're talking camel patterns, boots, releases, arrows. Tree stands. Tree stands, broad blinds, broadheads. Yeah, everything you can think of um, is down at this boot at this show. Excuse me. They have a booth at the show. And uh, what it is, it's not open to the public. It's not a consumer show. What it is, is it's dealers, retailers throughout the entire United States come to this show to see. And all across the world. That's true. That's true. How many yeah. guys have we talked to from, from overseas, right. Canada, all over the mm-hmm. place? And um, they come here to see new products and to place orders with their with their companies that they carry in the shop and whatever. So it's a very big show. Yeah. 
Um, it used to be, in my opinion, it used to be bigger than what it was. There used to just be more people in general at the show. But um, I think this year was a good show. We talked to a lot of our dealers, right. which we love to do. Mm-hmm. We had a bunch of new products to talk about. That was very cool. Those were very well received. Yep. And we were able to really connect with a lot of people that most of the time, you know, we're just talking on the phone or or emailing back and forth. We made a couple new dealer contacts. So that's kind of what the show was for. Yep. And I think, it was a, I think it was a pretty good show down yeah. there in St. Louis. Yep. The convention center was very nice. Yeah. The only problem that I had with the area was the parking. Oh, God, a nightmare. Yeah. The ATA staff nor the Edlin service company that was doing the show mm-hmm. at there didn't know what was really going on with the parking. Yeah. We, were, we got emails ahead of time saying where we're supposed to park our personal vehicles for security yeah. and all this stuff, and yeah. they really, nobody, nobody knew what was going on with that. No. And um, we would get uh, just like when we got down there, we unloaded in the parking lot nice and close, no problem. Yep. And we uh we went over. He said, "Go ask that lady if we can park here." So I went over there and I asked her. And I, I'm like, "So can we park here? Can we park here overnight? Can we can we leave the truck here? You know, right. 50 yards from the convention center. And just leave it here all week, so we don't have to. Because our hotel's right there. We yeah. walk to our hotel. Yep. I asked her if we could just keep the truck there, and she looked at me with bewilderment. <laughs> <laughs> she goes, "No, no, right out there. You want to park? No." <laughs> She goes, you, <laughs> you do not want to be parked out there overnight. I'm like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. So, all right. Yeah. I guess we got to go try to figure something out. So then, like you said, we were back and forth. The ATA would tell us to go park somewhere. We'd go there. They said we couldn't park there. And yeah, it was just kind of a mess. The park just ended up going to the hotel that we were staying at and let them deal with it. Yeah. And park the truck somewhere. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. But otherwise, yeah, it was a good show. Yeah, went to our first hockey game down there. Yep. That was cool. The NHL, H- NHL, St. Louis game. Blues down there. That mm-hmm. was pretty cool. That was pretty mm-hmm. nice. Yep. Um, trying to think. We did all kinds of stuff while we were down there. Oh, we went to the Badlands Film Festival. That's always I'm a, not sure if you want to cover that a, later somewhere in the cool podcast. Part. It's always but, a fun. I enjoy going to the Badlands Film Festival. Yeah, very cool. A ton of awesome films. Mm-hmm. Um, if you guys are ever down there for the AT show, highly recommend going to the Badlands it's Film free. Festival. It's free. Yep, just got to get tickets to the show. got to find somebody who has a ticket. Mm-hmm. Yep. Matt, would you mind if I shared a story about the Badlands Film Festival? I know what you're going to say. It's no big deal. It's all right. I'm over it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I can make this a 10-minute story. I'll make it a two-minute story. Make it a short story. Okay. Because yeah. we've actually got a great guest. We do have a great guest. We, we got actually, tons of actually, records. I'm going to tell who we have coming up. Sure. Okay. Let's, we, let's do that. So uh, a couple, uh, about a month and a half ago, we had somebody say, hey, you know, I like how you do it, do, did your, your fish categories and, and talked about certain species of fish and whatnot. And yep. he brought up uh, butterfly carp. Yes, which are crazy. Looking. And uh, he wanted to know some more information on butterfly carp. So, carp. so we're going to be joined today by Travis Aviat and his <clears> wife, Jenny, who own Grins and Fins Bowfishing in Idaho to talk about Butterfly carp. Great name. First of all, Grins yeah. and Fins, that's really cool. And they get on butterfly carp right. about as much as I have ever seen any people be able to get on butterfly yeah. carp. Yep. They, they have a guide business out there, and that's what they do, and that's that's what they specialize in, yeah. is targeting these butterfly carp. Yep. So they're going to be joining us today. It's going to be a, a cool little podcast talking Absolutely. about, you know, I, I've shot a, a Crucian carp here last year, which kind of has a big tail. Yeah. It's a shorter... Looking fish, it's got a big tail and big fins, but it's not a it's not a butterfly sure, by right, any means. Right, right, right. But it's a cool looking fish, and we'll have we'll have pictures of butterfly carp from them on the yeah, video portion yep. of the podcast. So we they will be joining us. Here. Yeah, we won't be able to explain how crazy unique they look just by 
speaking it out. You no. guys will have to check out. We'll have some crazy pictures. I want to know, do they hang in the same places as common carp? I know. Do they spawn together in, in, with the common carp? Or do they, you know, right. do it themselves? Yep. I, that sounded funny, didn't it? They do, if, they, <laughs> if they spawn by themselves. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yep. Yep. But you yeah. know what I mean? If they if they kind of keep their distance yep. from common carp. Do or, butterfly spawn with butterfly carp exclusively? Right. Or do they crossbreed like that? Yeah, because how they, many times have you seen... When the buffs are spawning, you'll have carp right in there spawning right. together, yeah. you yeah. know, to, and stuff like that. So I'm wondering characteristics of the butterfly carp. Yeah. I don't know. And something cool about whenever we have a guest on, Matt, it pretty much happens every time we have somebody on. Is it's really cool. One, we're we're bringing the knowledge that we'll be finding out to the listeners. Yep. I don't, I'm sure you can speak for this too, but myself, I'm sitting here like, oh my god, I'm right. lear- I'm Absolutely. learning right along yeah. with this. I'm, I'm and so any questions that I have, I'll try to bring them up because I'm this is all new raw information to myself right. as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. But quickly back to the Badlands Film Festival. So very cool. We donated a Ringo bow, one of our yep. new bows to give away. Yep. They show all these featured films, you vote on them in in this big auditorium kind of movie theater type mm-hmm. setting. So cool. Mm-hmm. Um and then at the end of all those videos they give away like $30,000 worth of prizes. The prizes are just crazy yeah. what people donate. It's very cool. And um, so to, on your ticket, you write your name on your ticket, and you put it in a little basket up there, and you have the possibility of being drawn to win all these prizes. So we're sitting there, and the, the shows, the, the, the featured films are done, and so they start raffling off these prizes. Just crazy prizes. I mean, stuff that we're really talking, cool. We're talking like $10,000 Canon camera yes. packages. Yeah. Bedford Garmin camera, cameras. Yeah. Uh, Electric bikes. It, it's, it gets ridiculous. Pellet grills. Yeah. So they're uh, bows, yeah, elite bows, binoculars, two of them, yeah. So we're sitting there getting ready, and they're calling out, "All right, so for the pellet grill, the winner for the pellet grill retails at one thousand dollars. The winner is Chris from Ameristep Tree Stands. Oh, oh my god, that's crazy, that's crazy. Oh my god. <laughs> All right, next we're gonna give away a Bacu electric bike retail five thousand dollars. That's gonna go to Johnny over there at <laughs> USA Releases. Do you remember oh, all the winners? My god. Oh my god. <laughs> All right, our next one here, we're giving away a, a spice kit, some seasonings. We're giving away a couple, three packs of seasonings here. Winner is Matt from AMS. <laughs> not that that's not a great prize, don't get me wrong, but when Matt came back to his seat with three individual little seasonings. shaking canister of seasonings. Okay, so they give that away. And then next, you know, the next one. All right, from Bedford Cameras, a $20,000 value <laughs> camera kit. We're giving away to, to Corey over there at Summit Trees. Oh, my God. Somehow Matt got very unlucky and got the one of the smallest prizes that they gave yeah. away at that show. I've been going to the film festivals <laughs> for 12 years. That's the first time my name got drawn. Oh, yeah. yeah, that was too funny. I, and literally, when they when they held up what they were going to give away, I'm like, watch me win this thing. Of all the things watch, this is what I'm going to win. <laughs> Matt from AMS. Oh, my God. I could not believe that. Mm-hmm. I couldn't believe it. But, mm-hmm. I mean, other than other than not winning exactly what we wanted, that, that film festival is very cool. It's an it's, awesome it's, event. It's an awesome. By Badlands. Yeah. This is, uh, yeah. It's just a great, neat little thing. Because I love editing. I love the filming part of it. And that's yep. what it's all about. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And telling the story. Yep. Yep, some of them on there. We won't go into depth of, of them, but oh. sometimes they put them on YouTube. And if you guys are ever looking, you know, search that Badlands Film Festival on YouTube and see if they have that uploaded yeah. because some of those films are just spectacular. Yep. yep. They're spectacular. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, that kind of recaps our ATA show. Yep. There, it was all good. Um, yep. yep. How about some BAA records yeah. here, Schmidty? Yeah, absolutely. Let's Got get into records. those. Uh, congrats to Zachary Plunkett on his BAA Louisiana Youth Record Bolfin 
at 9.4 pounds, and his BAA Louisiana Youth and State record, Spotted Gar at 11 pounds. Heck yeah, nice shooting, Zach. Great. Way to go. Yep. Uh, congrats to Haley Cheatham on her BAA Kansas Youth record, Big Mouth Buffalo, weighing 49.3 wow. pounds. Holy nice cow, job, nice shooting, Haley. Haley. Very cool. And then how about we got uh, Dessa Bocher on her BAA Oklahoma Youth and State record, River Red Horse, weighing 5 pounds. And her BAA Oklahoma Youth Record Smallmouth Buffalo weighing 15 pounds. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Nice shooting. Great job. And like we always say, it's so great to see those youths out there with all these youth records for the BAA. Great job by not only the shooters, but also the BAA for having these records. Absolutely. And if you ever do shoot a state record or a youth record, you have to be a BAA member. Mm-hmm. So make sure that you're a member because... We need you. Yeah. We need as many Absolutely. people on the BAA forms as we can get because something big just came up. Absolutely. Absolutely did. Something big just came up in the state of Oklahoma. Yep. Yep. Um, the state and uh, not, not so much the state, but we had a group of people, group, that wanted to start putting bag limits on some certain species. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of them was buffalo. Yep. Um, the buffs, they wanted to put some limits on those and... Um, you know, hats off to the BAA and all the individuals that went to these meetings to speak on behalf of the, yep. the bow fishing. Trying to battle these limit Absolutely. regulations. Go there was a certain agenda yep. and a plan. Yep. Because you got to be smart when you're going into these oh, things. Oh, God, yeah. Yep. You know, you got you to have a plan and agenda of it's, what needs to be said. It's not Who's just. Who's going to do the talking. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. You can't just go in and say, no, I don't like this. Right. You, you have to have a very predetermined, pre-planned Absolutely. out way to attack this mm-hmm. so that other people are going to be able to clearly see the vision that you are trying to portray. Right. I mean, you gotta, you got you to gotta have your ducks in a row for mm-hmm. sure. For sure. And um, I just talked to the BAA, uh, or Pete Gregoire, yep. who was down there, and asked him if he would join us on our next podcast to talk more in depth on this whole thing. Yeah. So we won't get into too much in depth in here, but what I wanted to do is I wanted to read a letter or a note that uh, Pete posted on the BA Facebook page, and I thought it was really interesting, and there's some really interesting topics that we as bow fishers need to remember. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We got a little bit of that memoir here. I'll read it out to everybody listening right now, Matt. We'll start. Mm-hmm. So, and this is Pete in Pete's words, correct? Pete put correct. this note out. Yep. So Pete put on here, uh, at the recent ODWC commissioner's meeting on Monday, January 8th, the bowfishers of Oklahoma were represented by Randy Woodward, Stephen Banazek, Stephen Whitney, Pete Gregoire, and Dustin and J.C. Statton. We spoke out against the proposed limits on native non-game fish and the requirements to keep these fish instead of having the option to slit and sink or to release alive. I am pleased to announce that they listened to us, as well as those who provided comments during the public comment period last month, and chose to table the proposed regulations in favor of more studies to be done before imposing limits. I was just made aware that ODWC Fisheries will be aligning with the Oklahoma fish stickers and local bullfishers to start a campaign to better evaluate native fish populations in the state. This is what we were hoping for, as we expect that they will see just how prolific these native fish species are. Yep, and then moving on, he also goes on and says, I asked myself, how did we get here? The reality is that there are forces working against bullfishing community. They use our words and images to portray the sport in negative ways and to exaggerate reality. We need to be stewards of our sport, and that starts with obeying laws, but also includes careful consideration of your presence on social media. 
The night that we remember forever and the pictures you share can be misconstrued into a blatant disregard for life. Mm-hmm. I urge all our members and followers to think before you post. The sport is under attack. Even though the BA will stand with you and fight to protect your rights, we may not, we may not always preserve. Please help and cause. Please help the cause in 2024 and beyond by understanding how close the threats are to the sport and always try to keep your sport in a positive light. If you ever question what the BA can do for you, this is a powerful example. Please consider becoming a premium or platinum member today and help support the organization that keeps the sport moving in a positive direction. Thanks, Pete Gregoire. Very well written. Absolutely. Very well written. That's awesome. And you can tell just by that statement right there that Pete, Pete goes into these with a battle plan in place and he's ready to uh, yep. portray the message mm-hmm. that the bull fishing community is wanting to be right, heard by the right, general right. public. Yep. Yeah. And that's a, what, what he says in there about the social media stuff makes a lot of sense. Absolutely. Um, does. I know we all like to show people how many fish we can shoot. Yep. Yep. Our, our boatloads of fish. Yes, I get it. We all love to do that. But that stuff can work against us. Mm-hmm. Not only for the sport of bow fishing, it can happen in all hunting activities that we do. I tell you this, Matt, let me just interject here because this actually recently came up in an NWTF situation. You know, I, I love turkey hunting. National as much Wild as the Turkey next, Federation. Yes, yeah. National Wild Turkey Federation. I support the NWTF. I love hunting turkeys, whatever. They posted a picture on their Instagram page. I think it was Instagram, one of their social media pages. And it was two people. It was a, a man and a woman by a dead turkey they had just shot, smiles on their faces. Mm-hmm. And here the woman is handing, they cut the turkey's head off of the turkey's body, and they were they were smiling, you know, as, as a... Mm-hmm. And the amount of attention that that picture got right. from anti-hunting groups was, it was yep. really bad. Mm-hmm. It was really bad. It, it kind of showed a very, that's not the type of thing, that's not what turkey hunting's about. Right. You shoot that bird for a memory, a trophy, a meal, everything that you, everything that's right about hunting. Yeah. And that kind of is just a very similar situation to what, you know, you just, right. that's with anything in life. You need to be careful what you're putting right. on social media. So mm-hmm. sorry to interrupt, but no, I and, that, and that lined right up with it. You might not even know it, but somebody, somebody some group might take that picture yep. and use that against what you love to do. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yep. So we, we really got to be careful, especially nowadays with as strong as social media is. It's a great tool. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Social media is a great tool. But sometimes it can backfire on us when we don't pay attention to what we're doing and posting yep. up there. Yep. You know? Yep, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't yep. agree more. Yep, yep. So with that, Schmitty, I think uh, we're ready to move on and give uh, fins and grins bow fishing a little jingle jangle here. All right. What do you say? That sounds like a plan. Let's All do right. it. We'll be right back after this break. This is Megamouth. It's the first free spooling spin cast style bow fishing reel. It's ready to shoot. No button to push. Yes. You engage the reel by pulling the T-bar. Megamouth is built for bow fishing. It's tough. Dual stainless steel and brass gears. Three heavy duty axial pins. A no fail anti-reverse. An unmatched 28 inches of line per crank. And a three year warranty. Megamouth, the professional bow fishing reel. And welcome back to the Bow Fishing Buzz. All right, Schmitty, let's give Travis and Jenny a call here. Absolutely. See what they have to say about the That's old right. butterfly mm-hmm. carp. Mm-hmm. Hello, it's Travis. Travis, we would like yeah. to book a bow fishing trip for some butterfly carp <laughs> next year. Would that work <laughs> for you? Or this Heck year? No. Uh-oh. <laughs> I don't. 
I might have to give you a free trip because I, just so I can listen without accent. Holy oh cow. boy, here yeah, right off is. the bat. Oh boy, <laughs> I love it. Oh golly. Well, Travis and, and your wife is joining us today, Jenny Tour. Is that correct? Yeah, she is somewhere around here. Okay, all right. But yeah, she's joining us. Awesome. Cool. Well, that we've got awesome. uh, like I said, Travis and Jenny from Fins and Grin Bow Fishing. Absolutely. And uh, we actually had a, a, a listener ask us a few months back if we could do a, a category fish, and it was butterfly carp. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, oh, and really? you know, yeah, here in Wisconsin. We really don't have a lot of them. Uh, no. If you do get one, it's like, wow, that's really cool. Yeah, I did shoot a Crucian carp last year in a tournament, but nothing like oh, a, did you? yeah, nothing like a butterfly. We just don't have a lot of them around here. Yeah, yeah, very rare. And uh, how big was your Crucian? He was just a little guy. He was maybe like five pounds or so. He had a little short body, but a huge tail. And then a huge well, dorsal hell, if fin. That was in, if that was in Idaho, it would have been the new record. Oh, oh really? Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, because it's uh, three pounds, 11 ounces, I believe, is the record. Oh, oh no wow. kidding. <laughs> I'll have yeah, to see if I can I've find a, a picture of that and yeah, post it. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've got a couple that three six and three nine, so I'm right right close to the record, but oh, not wow. quite. Okay. And it was strange because we were in a back bay, and uh, we were shooting in a tournament, uh, the Wisconsin Open, and um, – we were shooting a bunch of silvers in shallow water, muddy water, to where all you could see was, you know, bodies and their fins and stuff. And I just shot at a, a cart body, which I thought was a smaller one. And here it was, that little Crucian cart. That's cool. That's very cool. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. He's a neat so little it guy. didn't have the barbs? Nope. Didn't have barbs. Nope. Yeah. Because nope. um, That's kind of the the question we've had, because mm-hmm. biologists say that there's there's really not a way of telling a, a crucian versus a, a brown goldfish. Oh, wow. Um, unless you have a biologist uh, check it. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just call them crucians. So. Okay. They're neat little guys. Yeah. They're pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. I was amazed really at the neat. size of the tail on that guy. For as oh, little, really? For as small of a, of a little body he had, he had a heck of a tail on yeah. him. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't wonder, fit his frame wonder if he, maybe he had a little butterfly mixed in with he him. He could have. Yeah. That'd be cool. Because we did take, I remember we did take time because we were shooting at a tournament. We did take time to take a couple pictures sure. of that carp. Oh, yeah. We weren't going to use him to weigh in with our big 20. And we knew he was yeah. going to get smooshed up in the bottom of the barrel or something like that, you right. know. But right. uh, we did take some pictures. So I'll yeah. have to find that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd like to see that for right. sure. Right. Yeah, well, cool. Jenny's with us now. All right. Gotcha. Hello, Jenny. How are hey, you doing? Jenny. Hi, how are you guys? We are We're doing, doing great. Thank you for joining us today and taking time out of your day to join the bow fishing buzz and yeah. talk about your adventures out there in Idaho. I mean, how cool is that? Mm-hmm. Butterfly carp, Idaho. It's got to be a beautiful scenery out oh, there. Yeah. I can imagine. You know. With oh, the, it is. Yeah, on the river, there's the the scenery changes constantly. It's nice. it's a pretty neat experience. Yeah, very yeah. nice. So, Travis, Jenny, we just got a couple of questions for you guys. Uh, my first one here: you just give us a little bit of a background on the both of you, where you guys live, your hobbies, how you met, just a little bit of a, a insight of you guys over there. Mm-hmm. Oh, she's she's gonna <laughs> want to tell. I hear a little one. giggle there. <laughs> how, how we met? So she's she's not competitive. You'll 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 probably figure that out over time. But um, so we actually, I'm not afraid to admit, we actually met online. Cool. Uh, what cool. eight nine eight or nine years nine ten years ago somewhere around there. You know, guys, we don't remember dates very well, <laughs> right. but it was close. So uh, she saw my pictures online and on my Facebook page and all that of bow hunting and archery, uh, a 3d archery tournaments I used to go to, which I don't do anymore because that's in the spring and bow fishing is way better in the spring. So, uh, she had never touched a bow. And anyways, 
let me kind of go back just a hair. We're from Meridian, Idaho. We guide on the Snake River. Okay. Um, and we've been doing that for three years now. But anyways, back to the story. She, we met up. She works at the ER at St. Luke's. So she, she was at the time working, you know, till midnight. And we actually scheduled a date. And she canceled it because everybody kept telling her, you're going to go to the middle of nowhere with some stranger. You know, (laughs) anyways, I I smoothed her and and got her to come out. And I, what's that? No, we just, that's that's nice. It's going good so far. Yep. Yep. I'm I'm rewinding just a bit. We met at a coffee shop first (laughs) and which wasn't even there. So. He was already kind of sketchy in the beginning. <laughs> I don't. I, I'm. I'm a little uh, too frugal to eat or uh, pay ten dollars for a cup of coffee. So yeah, I, don't I didn't. You. I didn't know the, the place had gone out of business. Oh, but we met in the parking lot, <laughs> we anyways. Met in the parking lot, and he brought a bow. And um, his line was, "If you can't pull the bow back, you're going to sit in the back of the boat." Oh <laughs> wow! Wow! I've never heard that pickup line like, before. Oh, what? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I pulled it back. <laughs> yeah. So we, we get out there and she struggled to get that bow back. And she finally did. And she let the arrow fly. And by golly, she hit a fish. Oh, oh my first gosh. Shot, no first kidding. Shot, first fish. Meant to yep. be. Meant to be. Yeah. Exactly. Wow. I'm sitting in the back of the boat. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that's kind of how we met. And then, you know, it was a keeper. Not, not right. the fish, but the, the girl. Okay. That's yep. Right. yep. <laughs> and... <laughs> So, um, yeah, we've been going strong ever since. She wouldn't touch a fish for at least a year. And finally I said, you know what? You're getting pretty good at this. I can't keep going down and landing all of our fish. Mm-hmm. So she sucked it up and started landing her own fish. Now you can't even get her out of the fish barrel. Cool. Yeah, good for you. Around, That's awesome, Jenny. That. Awesome. That's awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm usually landing the fish for the client. Oh, yeah. you're okay. staying busy with them. Yep. 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 Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. And and she's learned to share. It was it was hard for her the first season and a half because <laughs> you know being on the being on the boat for four hours, she's like she she'd make videos talking to her bow. Oh my god! It's gosh. okay. It's all right. We're gonna be up next. Don't worry. <laughs> oh so, my goodness! Wow. Yeah. Good times. Oh yeah. I'm yep. not I'm not addicted at all. Yeah. No, I, I, it doesn't sound like it at all. That's right. <laughs> That's awesome. So then she got, she got, she, she, uh, her game really stepped up a few notches and then we started shooting tournaments together and, Very cool. and then guiding and here we are That's today awesome. in the wintertime trying to get out. We're itching to get out, but we just had a couple feet of snow here. So we're not, mm-hmm. we're not too anxious mm-hmm. to get out there. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Well, that's, that's a cool, Anyways, that's a cool intro there. You met on a dating site and look what's blossomed. Yeah. I mean, how cool is that? Yeah. I mean, that's, oh, that's pretty is. cool. <laughs> I'm pretty lucky. Every now and then, uh, I'll get a text during because she's working the day day shift now. But it'll be just something simple like um, "It's sunny out?" Question mark. I know exactly what my wife wants. Yep. yep. Just a little hint. She just wants a little hint. She wants the river. That's right. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. That is yeah, so I'm cool. pretty fortunate. <laughs> so I'm going to ask. Um, you know, how did the both of you get started? And well, obviously Jenny got into bow fishing because of you, Travis. Yep. Uh-huh. I'm guessing. So how did you get yeah. into the sport of bow fishing, Travis? You know, I, I went down, uh, some, some old neighbors of mine that I became friends with years and years ago, 
uh, probably 20 something years ago, they used to go down a sturgeon fish uh, below a dam here. And, and during the day he had an old bow that I think he bought from a pawn shop Mm -hmm. and he'd just go out on the bridge and shoot fish that would swim by. I went down to visit him one day and they were out on the, on this bridge shooting 30, 40 feet above the waters where how tall it was. And I, I grabbed his bow and I shot a couple times, missed, and then I hit one. And when I saw from that angle, I saw that, that white arrow take off out into the deep water and just disappear. And of course, you know, I, I'm just looking at it and, I, and it took a lot of, it took all the line mm-hmm. out of the reel before I'm like, Oh, I got to tighten this up, <laughs> tighten it up and actually pulled in about a 20 pound fish all the way up that bridge. Wow. Oh my gosh. And I was hooked. I was wow. hooked from then on. And then, you know, as bow fishing goes, I went out and got an old hunting bow that I converted to a fishing bow and just started doing it from there. But I was, I was shooting with a, a cause I archery hunt big game. So all I knew was peep sight and, and I actually had a single pin and I was shooting fish or trying to shoot fish with a single pin and a peep sight. Oh, wow. And about every 30 shots I'd hit one. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, just got more and more into it and then started buying actual fishing bows um, and shooting without the the peep and the release and all that kind of stuff. And just kind of get, got better and and better equipment from there. Mm -hmm. And then it, it turned into the guide business because we were so hooked on it. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. How long, so how how long Travis from when you first, you know, went out with your buddies in there and shot some fish out the bridges, how long after that before you, bought your own boat boat mm-hmm. um it was probably well let's see i've always had boats i had okay. I, I had a boat mm-hmm. yeah but i, I just pull fished i just trolled for okay. and trout and yep. you know mm-hmm. and um and then i had another uh, pontoon boat that i bought i had a, a uh weldcraft jet boat and then i bought a pontoon boat just for the, the pole fishing well, that didn't last very long because I ended up putting a second story on that oh, pontoon yep. and shooting them from, you know, we were probably 13, 14 feet in the air wow. shooting down Good on Lord. these fish. It, it was pretty cool. But wow. I uh, then I decided I think I want to try a tournament. So I, I reached out to some people and they hooked up, hooked me up with uh, a guy to, to have as a partner. And um, I think we fared right in the middle of that tournament. We, we came in like average Joe and we got like a hundred bucks or 200 yeah, bucks okay, out of it. Sure. Um, but everybody thought it was crazy seeing a pontoon boat out there with a, a two story pontoon boat, but they kind of laughed. A lot of people wanted to shoot from that boat just to see what it was like. Right. Yeah. Cause we'd pull up in the, the, on the, in the islands and uh, guys on shorter platforms, they could see the, the cattails and stuff moving they couldn't see the fish and we'd roll right up on them and start shooting right down into them. <laughs> yeah. Damn. So that changed because, you know, you can't really run a tournament, especially shotgun starts with uh, 14 miles an hour. Yep. Boat. <laughs> right. yep. <laughs> so when you got to go a long way. So then yeah. we, we went to the boat we have now. Uh, it's a tracker 2072. Nice. And of course I needed the, the platform modified to be a little higher because we were used to shooting from higher elevations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, 
Which it's, I think makes our boat very unique because I think it's the tallest one around. Oh, really? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, get, it's about yeah. the tallest we have here around here. So I'm so going to come from a high deck. Okay. So I'm going to guess that you you aren't going under. Are you going under like a lot of bridges and stuff in your river system, or or into like yeah. back bays and stuff? Yeah, we do. Okay. But most of the bridges are all plenty plenty high. There's, yeah, yeah, sure. Okay. There's a there's a couple, there's one bridge that we actually don't guide on this section of river, but there's one bridge if the water gets too high, it, uh, yep. I have inches <laughs> of <laughs> clearance and I, I just kind of take it nice and slow if, but I don't run on, I don't, I'm not on step when I go under that bridge okay. by any means. Sure. Okay. Sure. So, so, so when you guys, you said that you guys you just kind of fell in love with bow fishing, but what else made you guys want to start and go through the process of beginning your own guide service? Well, I, you know, it was just, it happened to be, uh, a, a friend of mine knew a guy that had three permits. So in Idaho, you're designated certain sections. We don't, we can't just guide on any open water oh, in oh, Idaho. Wow. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. So we have a section and, and, uh, this guy was more of a sturgeon, like pole fishing guide. And he had a section of river that he didn't even use because there's not a lot of sturgeon down lower. You got to be up on uh, his other two sections, you know, is what, mm-hmm. where his moneymaker was. So sure. yeah. I, I approached him and he said, yeah, let's, let's work out a deal. So I got this, this, the outfitter permit to guide on this section of river. My section of rivers roughly around 150 miles. Oh, wow. oh, so okay. it's, it's plenty big. Mm-hmm. And, the nice thing about it is between the two dams that I guide on have the highest concentration of the butterfly carp mm. anywhere, anywhere that I know of. Wow. And unless you went to some, well, I don't know if you've ever researched butterfly carp, but there's not a lot you can find about them. Mm-hmm. They're, the story that I've heard um, is that when the river flooded farmlands and, you know, uh, residential properties that had koi ponds in their yards. Yep, yep. That's how the koi got into the, the river, and then they bred with common carp. Mm, mm, interesting. Absolutely. Which, yeah. But that's that's all I've ever heard about how we got them. And if you research koi or butterfly koi, they don't really tell you, you know, it's not they're, they're the, the, the typical fish that you see in, in people's ponds. Right. It's colorful, you know. And, but they do, but we have researched it and, and they will breed with common carp, which okay. is what they've done. All yeah. Right. And, right. and they have the dominant gene kind of like a mere carp. Hmm. So that's, I think our, over the, over the years, we've got so many, uh, butterfly carp, just the populations are just getting, they're going out of, I mean, out of control wow. right yeah, here. That's really interesting. Really interesting. Yeah. Because you, you look but, at you know, you look at the silvers and the big heads, same thing. Yep. Floodings. Yep. And they were in aquaculture farms. Yep. Into the river systems. The rest is history. Pretty much uh-huh. the same kind of story I, as I you always have, hear. Right. I would have never yeah. guessed that this, that would be the same reasoning behind butterfly carp. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah, crazy. It's, it's, it's pretty impressive. If you've never mm-hmm. seen one in person, they are cool. They yeah. are really cool fish. When you pull them out of the water, because sometimes you can't see that it's a butterfly carp. But we, we see it now because we've done it long enough. Yep. 
Um, but when their fins, when we, we, when we're guiding and we have new people that have never seen them and their fins are out and they're just kind of in a relaxed mode, it's something else. Cause mm. they, they, I, I kind of describe it as they look like flames in the water. Oh, yeah. Sure. Sure. Yeah. yeah. That's a good... And they're just, yeah. It's almost like slow motion when you see them. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, and, uh, and then when they, when, when, when they get them in their hands and they actually hit them, it's their people are just, they're blown oh, away. I can't imagine. Yeah. yeah. That's crazy. Especially the big ones. Absolutely. So, uh, uh, so go ahead. you're, were you getting ready to go guiding and you already knew, so you knew that the butterfly carp were in the stretch of the river system. Is that correct? Yes, yep. I did. Okay. And it took me years to figure that out yeah. okay. long before I started guiding. Gotcha. Gotcha. But, but, but yeah, that, so that opportunity came up and I thought, you know, I had a lot of people say, no, it's, it can't be done. You're not in a, an area or a state that, you know, it, it's popular enough, but mm-hmm. I ignored them yep. and thought, you know, well, I have a niche with these butterfly carp, but right if it doesn't work, then, you know, maybe the business, you know, obviously for tax purposes, I can write off our playtime and equipment and whatever. Um, but it's turned into a business that, uh, has just been amazing so (laughs) far. That's really cool. That's really cool. What I want to know, I love teaching. (laughs) Oh, and that makes it even better. Absolutely. Yeah. With your clients that you have on the boat, but I'd like to know like the butterfly carp, like when was the first time that you saw one and, and the first time that you shot one, I mean, that had to be crazy. Yeah. Oh yeah. So the, the very first time I shot one, I didn't know what it was. It was, I just, it was in murky water and there was like, see the ghosts. I call them ghosts when it's murky and you, you see the white fish down swimming around mm-hmm. and you can't really quite tell what it is. You can tell the shape. So yeah. you know what to shoot at. Right. Cause it kind of has that football shape. You can tell the difference between a sucker and a, you know, catfish or whatever. And that, that football is what I, a football ghost is what I, I shot at Mm -hmm. and I brought it up and Holy cow. It was, it was a small one. It was about a 10 pounder, but, uh, it was, it, it was the coolest thing because I'd been asking locals that are, that were posting pictures where, where can I go to shoot the, you know, go to the snake river. Okay, well, Snake River's, I don't know, I think from start to finish in the state alone is like over a 1,000 miles. <laughs> so go to the Snake River, huh? Okay. So it <laughs> yeah. took me a long time. And we finally decided, let's go try. One day, Jenny and I went, and this was before we were guiding, we went uh, to a new area, uh, a new boat ramp that we hadn't ever fished before and we, we fished for a couple hours and I said, you know, well, I didn't say it. My wife, this is, this is her, her big line. When I'm ready to leave, just one more, one more, please. So, so, So she got her one more and we went down, um, this little area down through this little slough along this Island. We got about to the bottom of the Island and, there was a down tree that kind of hung. It was half in the water, half out. And, uh, I could see those fins, wow. those flames. And they were, mm-hmm. there was a fish just, just hanging out under this tree. And it was, 
it was almost like it was sunbathing. It had its fins all sprawled out. Oh, my gosh. And it was like, again, like in slow motion. And, of course, I got buck fever. She got buck fever. Excited to, to shoot this thing, and we missed. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. And um, so that – actually, that story came before the first one, obviously. The first, <laughs> the first one I shot, the murky water. But that was the first time I saw one. The first one I shot was, I didn't even know what it was until right. I brought it up. Right. Yep. But yeah, seeing it in, in, in person. And then we, we backtracked and went back up and floated that, that uh, shoreline again. And they were, of course, they weren't in sitting mode. They were all just going crazy everywhere. And that day we saw four or five of them all grouped up together. Oh, wow. Wow. And so obviously we went, the next chance we had, we went back to that spot and and we just started uh, finding them more and more. And it's, it's just, you know, they're carp. They're, they're hard to figure out where they're going to be. At first, I used to find them along the Russian olives, the trees, not so much in the cattails or reeds or any of that. I thought, well, I think the butterflies like the trees. Mm-hmm. And that's where we find them. Well, now over time, no, that's not the case. They're, really? they're everywhere regular carp will be. Okay. Hmm. All right. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but wintertime is when we find them concentrated into schools. Oh, no which kidding. Which is the coolest. Oh, yeah. Because most of the year you see them mixed with some commons or you'll even see see them with some suckers. But right now we're, we're actually seeing them in schools. And wow. it's it's pretty cool to see a whole you know fifteen or twenty butterflies all oh, grouped yeah. together. Good lord, that would be really yeah, that's, to see that. that's wild. Yeah, and and I and I try to do some video on on just you know showing them in the water and yeah. instead of shooting them, uh, just to try to help promote it a little bit. But oh, yeah. um, it's it's really hard yeah. to not just do because especially when I've got two fish that are. A pound and a half and two pounds shy of the world record. Oh, and so I'm Ooh. trying to get that. Yeah, I just need I need another two pounds. Right, right. Yeah. Oh, gotta so get one when, when it's full of eggs or something like that. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah, right now they're um, they've lost. I don't know if they're. I don't. I'm not sure they're they they're feeding or not because they they don't have there's hardly any fat content on on mm. these fish mm. in the winter time. They they still have eggs. Yep. full of eggs, but they're fat. Um, I have some people that we, that take all of our fish and they, they process it and use it as a food source. Oh, cool. And, um, and so they are looking for the fat. So when you, when you cut it open, you look at that, you know, that skin, that layer of skin, if it doesn't, they, they like a half inch of fat right now where we've got maybe a quarter inch okay. to an eighth of an inch of fat. Wow, hmm. that's interesting. Yeah, that's that reminds me, like on those shows, like I remember watching, like Wicked Tuna. That's how they would judge exactly. how that would judge how yeah. much that fish was yeah. worth. They would yeah. measure the fat content. That's very cool yeah. that they're doing that with butterfly that's, carp. I know, and that's exactly what I said to him. I said that's the only you know they stick that probe down in there, they yeah. pull yeah. it out, they yeah. tell the quality and the fat content, the marbling and all that, and that's exactly what these guys are looking oh for. Gosh. So, oh my gosh. That's very cool. But the only, and then there, we actually just had our first uh, eggs, the carp eggs, done from some of their family friends that only use uh, sturgeon eggs and carp eggs. They're the two best. Really? And I, we thought there's no way. 
I'm not going to eat this, but they brought it to us and it's in a kind of a dip form. You can put it on toast like a hummus. Okay, sure. And trying to get over the, the taste of it was amazing. I thought it was great. And most people that did thought it was great until I told them what it was. And then everybody backs off. Like, oh, <laughs> well, now I'm curious. The eggs. Yeah, I know. It's, it's crazy how, huh. how good this stuff was, but I just, I ate it on a cracker. And it was all we had when they brought it to me was some multigrain crackers with a lot of flavor. So I'm like, I can't even taste this with this cracker. So I, I just tried it straight up on my finger. And I'm like, this is it. It kind of just reminded me of a, like a shrimp dip huh, or not okay, even, not sure. even that strong, not even that strong of a flavor. It just kind of a cream cheese type dip. And you could see the little eggs in there. Oh my it goodness. was a mental, mental process to be able to swallow it. Oh, yeah. I, bet. Oh, I bet. Yeah. I bet. Yeah. So it more or less kind of yeah. like takes on the flavor of whatever it's combined in or, or whatever you eat it on then. Yeah, pretty much. Very yeah. Good. But it, it's not disgusting. You don't feel, even when I, when I tasted it without a cracker, you don't feel the eggs. It just feels like, you know, it's <laughs> just a little a cream cheese dip. Okay. <laughs> wow. Very wow. cool. So wow. let me ask you this, Travis, Jenny, when you guys, you guys kind of said that this time of year, you guys are seeing butterfly carp in schools of upwards of 15 or 20. So say you guys are out on a, an average night guiding, how many butterfly carp are you guys seeing in total in a night of, of, of shooting fish during the winter or summer? Like right now? Yeah. Let's, let's do a, let's do one of each. Well, how many, how many are you seeing right now this time of year? Right now. So right now it's funny because usually when I guide in the, in the warmer months, I go up to point A and I just, troll all the way for four hours okay. downstream yep and um and they're just they're just kind of scattered all over the, throughout the whole river okay. you know and then you have those 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 slow moments where there's not anything for a while but uh right now in the cold temp i hit different spots so we get we'll go up to point a we'll hit that spot that there's nothing there then i motor to another spot where where they're at they're not in the in the grass or the weed beds like they are most of the summer in the, the warmer temps, they're they're in the deeper water for a certain for most of the day, and then about an hour and a half, two hours after dark, they start to come up onto the mud flats, hmm. and there's not there's no vegetation, there's not they're not, not a single weed oh. for the most part, and they just come up into the anywhere from four to six inches of water, four feet to yes. six inches or so. And they're just on these big mud flats oh. and, and they're just congregated. I mean, but we'll go, you could go miles without seeing fish. So that's why I, I bounce from spot to spot, right. the spots that I've found them in the, you know, and it's been, I think this is our third winter fishing. Hmm. And, uh, so it's taken, you know, a couple of years to, to figure them out Learn them. Yeah. Where, where they're at. I would say, but I would say right now we're seeing, We'll roll up on fifty to a hundred fish, and then they're gone. You get shoot, you know, they're shooting, yep. spooking the fish and whatnot. And then I motor to another spot, and sometimes they're there, sometimes they're not, and we're just kind of doing circles until like, and then all of a sudden, they're oh, there's here we go, we're wow. coming up on them again. Wow! So, during the during the summer, it's like three or four we might see in. Oh, wow. Uh, on our four hour thing. But yeah. now I would say, I mean, at least eight to nine, I'm seeing, if not more. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. 
That's cool. Yeah, even even if we don't see the schools of butterfly, they're still, you know, if we let's say we see ten fish coming at us, or like, and I've done some of my more recent videos have been not so much like highlight kill shots, but just uh, footage of of the amount of fish that we're seeing in the in the cold damp. Yep. But um, we, yeah, there's no exaggeration. She she's at least. Uh, if I had clients that wanted a book and in the cold and kind of deal with the cold, mm-hmm. they would probably get at least 10 shots at 10 butterflies wow. in four hour window. That's awesome. Well, the thing that people don't think of either during the winter, the fish are lethargic. So you get like three or four shots if you want. Sure. Yep. <laughs> a little slower. They're a little slower. Just like we are up here in Wisconsin. We're just a little bit slower. Yeah. And they need it too, because I, I did a, a, a podcast uh, back in December with a guy in, and I had two bucket listers that could shoot fish. These guys, they had no problem filling a barrel, but as soon as they got into the butterfly, <laughs> the first butterfly they had a chance at, they couldn't hit it to save their lives. A little butterfly fever. Yeah. It, yeah, and um, yeah, they got that that buck fever, butterfly fever, <laughs> and by the time he got it, actually, these were two different trips back to back, one Friday night, Saturday night, and uh, old fish that finally they finally hit it and landed it. They look like it looked like a tiger. All oh. the the the, the uh, arrow grazing off the side of the fish, really super close. <laughs> these fish literally had stripes. Oh, oh my gosh! Both. <laughs> and, wow. Uh, and then it was funny because like the one guy, as soon as he gets it in, uh, we, you know, she takes the pictures and video of him and all that. We go out, he gets back up, gets locked and loaded. First pull shoots a fish. I'm like, are you kidding me? You just took 10 shots to shoot that butterfly and he just stuck this one first shot. <laughs> That's right. how it goes. You know, yep. Common. yep. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's but crazy. yeah, they're 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 pretty cool. Yep. Pretty cool to see. My my excitement uh, definitely needs to tone down a little bit because when I'm guiding, you know, pointing fish out, yeah, yeah there's a carp, there's the fish, there's a sucker, there's a fish. Oh, there's a butterfly, butterfly! Somebody get that bit, you know. Yeah. Then I I realized this year or next year I'm not gonna. I I started trying to do it towards the end of the season. Is not, you know reflecting that excitement and getting people all getting riled up before yep. they, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sure. Yep. sure. And I'm just going to point it out. Like it's another common car. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, mm-hmm. and you know, I so had to, that, I had to but, do that. I had to do that last year with my wife, bow hunting. Uh-huh. It's just, okay. You know, I couldn't, I, she, cause sure. she didn't want me to get all excited and all jacked up. I was filming it and stuff. I just had to be quiet and just let her do sure. her thing. Yeah. And she's, Right on, you know, but I don't want to make her nervous and all that stuff. So same thing with you guiding on, oh my gosh, there's a butterfly carp. Hit that one, hit that one, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Put the pressure exactly. on Exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, and when you have people traveling from, I mean, we've had some people come from all, I mean, Hawaii, Alaska, oh, wow. Michigan, oh gosh, cool. Iowa, um, all over the country. And so that puts a lot of pressure on me. And I already have the excitement has been building because now I've got some experienced bow fishermen coming to shoot this car, this fish. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I've got to get, you know, it's a lot of pressure to get them on those fish, which right. once I do it, you know, my, my stress and my, the pressure has gone. 
because yeah. uh, you know how it is. It's up to them to shoot the fish. I just have to get them into them. But uh, when they when they come out and travel that far, it's really hard for me not to get excited because I'm already you know built up as it is. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, but but when they hit it, it it makes it all worth it. That's cool. It, I think the excitement in both of us because we're like, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. that gets yeah. the blood flowing and the excitement going, oh, the adrenaline yeah. going. Yeah. Oh, like, absolutely. Yeah. And it makes for good video too when you see clients just. I mean, oh, yeah. their grin is just ear to ear, and they're just happy as can be. And some right. people have even said, "I'm done. I can I can leave right now. Really? Oh, I sure. got my I got my fish. We're done. <laughs> yep. But That's of course awesome. they don't. They don't. Yeah. <laughs> yep. You're out there for however long it takes now. Just, just one yeah. more. Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. Yep. Exactly. There it is. <laughs> and I had I had two two guys come in. They were they were from the eastern part of Idaho. Um. So they still traveled a little bit to get over here, but. Um, the dad, it was a father son deal and, uh, the dad paid for the trip and he didn't get a fish or his son shot three butterflies. Oh man. And the dad had opportunities. He just, he got buck fever and missed and I gave him an extra 20 minutes. Well, I had to give him 20 minutes because I was in an area that I couldn't motor out of. I had to troll out of there. Gotcha. And uh, we get to the very end of this island, and he sticks a twenty-three pounder. Oh my gosh! It was a, yeah, it was a good, and mm. that right there was like he was so happy, and he, he I'm like, you know, that there's no better way to finish a trip than that. Yeah, exactly. Yep, he's yep. on top of the world. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. And and he just, I mean, he. He was kind of on the way, you know, motoring to some spots. Kind of just had that look like, all right, when are we going to stop? When are we going to stop? <laughs> on the way back to the ramp, it, it, the smile never, I mean, I think it was permanent. His smile was okay. just, it was awesome. Yeah, no matter how cold it was on the travel back. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. Awesome. How cool that you gave him that experience and that memory. That's going to stick with him yeah. forever. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, exactly. for sure. So spawning on the butterfly do they spawn with commons? Um, May, yep. Yep. end of May, June, in that time period out there for you? I, I'm not sure what the time period is out there for you when the water temperatures get to that right. But. It, it's kind of hit and miss around here. And they, I want to say April, anytime, generally when the when the water temp gets into the, the mid-60s, mm-hmm. uh, they'll spawn. And, okay. and it's, the last couple of years, that hasn't been the case. They... We, we've had, you know, we'll have some warm days in the spring and sunny, nice, or not even sunny, but maybe overcast, just not, it should be, they should be spawning. You should see mm-hmm. it, but you don't. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, the next day you go out there and the fish are spawning like crazy. Everywhere, yeah. And mm-hmm. then that lasts for a few hours and then you don't ever see them. Hmm. Um, I, I don't particularly like the spawn, okay. um, mainly because they get up into a lot of the shallows up in the reeds and cattails where you can't see them. And, you, and, and when they're in the open, like the mud flats and the shallow, there'll be thousands of fish, but you can't see them. Dirties up the water. And they're, they're murking up the water. They're yeah. slamming into the boat. It's frustrating. Wow. And so I, I don't, I don't really care too much for it. I like, you know, before and after, yep. uh, because they're, they're more, they're, they're scattered, and they're not scattered to where you're just individual fish. You still see, you know, pods and schools of, of carp. Mm-hmm. 
but they're not they're not as spooky and they're not just going crazy in the you know two feet of water and making it so you can't see it so right, right. you've had amazing shots at spawners but yeah i mean there's like a hundred fish everywhere like just in this ball and you could shoot didn't you shoot two at once yeah yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> sure yep yeah so, so they do come in and spawn with the commons Along, yeah. right along, yeah. right along yeah. with them and stuff. They're spawning together. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, you see them all all summer long. Um, you know, you'll see. It, it's actually rare to see in in the summer. Um, I don't think we've ever seen a school of butterflies. We usually see you'll see you know five or six commons and oh, there's a butterfly with them. Okay. Okay. And sure. and that's just kind of how how they what we've noticed wow okay but, that's that's interesting or yeah. you'll see or you'll see like two or three butterflies okay but you know not big huge numbers of them but it it's just i i want to say uh i i know saying 100 percent is probably not the most accurate but it's pretty dang close to 100 percent of every trip we go out we see at least two butterflies. Okay. All right. Very cool. All right. That's awesome. So let me ask you this, Travis, Jenny. What is the biggest fish that biggest butterfly carp that you guys have shot, or someone else, you know, that was with you on a on a night of, of shooting with you guys, guide service has shot biggest butterfly. Uh, so I shot a twenty five point five mm. pound mm. butterfly and a twenty six point seven. Oh wow. And wow. I believe the world record is twenty seven something wow so you're t- you're, um, you're, you're right I, there you're flirting with it yeah yeah and then i have a i had a client that got he, his was a 20 it was a 25 just bigger than mine 25 8 25 9 wow. somewhere around okay. there wow and he he got that thing mounted and um <laughs> i'll tell you what when i went down because i we had nine fish taken to the taxidermist um well, he's busy yeah, this, this was yeah. This was everybody wants to mount the butterfly. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> but his his mount was in there. It was not finished. It was in the drying phase, so he hadn't. And it, it, they're skin mounts that he does. They're not replicas. They're the actual fish. So he had it in the drying phase, and he had it next to one of my other clients' fish on on a, a piece of driftwood that he mounts them on, and the the back fin of this fish was. I want to say every bit of 18 inches from top to bottom, maybe oh bigger. My Lord. It oh. was insane. Oh, wow. I know it, it was beautiful, but yeah. my big one, it, it was almost a kind of a copper looking color. And then it has, it has white, it had white fins and the tips of the fins were red. Oh man. My goodness. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, oh. and that was the twenty-five and a half pounder. And had I known then, I would have mounted it. But I, I mean, that was probably my second or third butterfly I'd ever shot, and uh, so it didn't get oh, mounted. Yeah, but yeah. I sure wish it did. Wow. It's my main picture on everything <laughs> for so, the most part. So, is there a, a a mounted butterfly in the household right now? Is there any in, oh, in yeah. the household? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so I've got a, a butterfly, a mirror. And we had Jenny's at the taxidermist, her butterfly, but we, she ended up shooting our record, which she shot a 41 and a half pounder, uh, just a common. And because we're doing shows, trade shows and stuff, we wanted, 
you know, some mounts to display. Sure. Yeah. Yep. So we, we had him scratch off the, the other butterfly because it was a smaller one and do the common because we didn't have a common. But uh, the, the mirror, or I mean the, um, the butterfly, I've actually had another guide from another state call me up and ask me if he could borrow it for a show he was doing. Mm. And uh, I told him about my client, the client that shot the other big 25 pounder. He actually lives like five minutes from this guide. And I said, if you, and he knew him, I said, if you want to, instead of traveling down here from Oregon to Idaho, just go five minutes down to your neighbor and he's got one. So wow. that way I don't have to worry about it getting broken. Yeah, right, yeah, right, right, right. Yep. Jeez. So, hmm, that's beautiful. Very, yeah, very beautiful. But we've, seen, we've seen some different color phases. I have a, a buddy who shot, we call, we called her Goldie. Um, and she looks like a big, butterfly goldfish she's yellow like yellow and white and um and he hit her right in the lip when he when he when he got her and he got her up just enough for a a pitcher a couple pitchers and it was wiggling around because i was trying to tell him now turn it this way and turn it that way and it wiggled right out of his hand and back into the water oh no no oh my gosh (laughs) so so within three days an exact year later this was all in march I shot the same fish in the, oh, in the tail. Wow! And it was ten yards from where he shot a, a year. Oh my prior. gosh! Wow, that's that's very yeah. interesting data right there. I mean, from year to year, yeah. that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, and I get oh. it up to the boat, and it kicks out. So I didn't oh. actually land the fish, oh. but we could see it was Goldie. It was Goldie. Oh for sure. my goodness! So is Goldie still swimming around then? I we haven't seen her. That was that was what, three years ago, and we have not seen her yet. Oh. We haven't seen her on social media but or anything. One of those were kill shots, so she could still be alive. Yeah, yeah. Right? I love I love how you guys are talking about this fish. Like how most guys talk about like a hundred and seventy inch buck. Like they had him at ten <laughs> yeah. yards, got away, shot him, didn't recover him, and we're talking about a goal. You know, a fish here. That's awesome. Right. That's this very back in the same spot, 10 yards yep. from where you shot it before. Yep. You know his core area. You know where that fish is bedding. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I've even got diaphragms that I stick in the water and call for them, too. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yep, yep, rattle them in. <laughs> yeah, you got to hear my you gotta hear my butterfly bugle. <laughs> yes, there you go. <laughs> oh butterfly bugle. Yep. I love it. <laughs> that is so cool. So I hadn't thought about that now. So you guys must be hunters. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Yep. Yeah. Yep. We Just na- hearing we you say those that. Bucks. Yep. 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 <laughs> That's awesome. So Travis and Jenny, somebody wants to come on a bow fishing trip with you guys to have a chance at a butterfly. How can they get a hold of you? How can they? Where can they find you? You got any websites or are you on social media? Where can somebody find out about you guys? Yeah, so we have, uh, we're, we're on Facebook and Instagram, Grins and Fins, that's with Z's, the letter N. And uh, our our website is grinsandfinsbowfishing.com. Okay. Most, all the information they need as far as booking trips, and that is on the website. Um, they can get a hold of us through Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, whatever. And, uh, but most of the information is on the website, the pricing and, and all that. They, we have gift cards available. They can purchase gift cards. Otherwise, a lot of people, um, they inquire about a trip and, and they, we use Venmo or Square okay. for, okay. for sure. de- de- deposits. And I usually take a deposit to secure a date. Once, once I get that, then it's good to go. And then we just take care of everything at the ramp. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that's, 
I think that's probably our biggest thing is is uh, Facebook. Okay. Is our well, Google's a Google's another good one too mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. brings us in a lot of stuff from out of state. Sure. sure. Yeah. Yeah. What a perfect name for that. It is. It is so good. Grins and fins. Yeah. Fins? I'm, je- I'm jealous of the Is name. it fins and grins? It's fins and grins. Well. <laughs> I, I I can't tell you the story behind that. It okay. Used to, it, it started. It was. I'll, I'll, I might tell you in person one day when you come out to shoot. <laughs> All right. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but yeah, we changed it to grins and fins. Grins and, and fins. How okay. We came up with, yeah, I don't know how we came up with grins and fins. Well, I know how, uh, but I just I, I wanted it to be a little different with the Z's. Yes. Because uh, it sounds like it. it right. Kind of. You right. know. Yep. And. Um, I know some people struggle with the spelling and even when I even the auto correct on text and keyboard wants to correct it, but yeah. that's how it is. But what a perfect but, uh, name for that. It, it is. It's, it's so it's yeah. exactly what you get fins. And then when you get fins, you grins. So you smile oh, yeah. all over the place. That's perfect. Yeah. yeah that's funny. Cause I did last year, I did a kind of a, a highlight video of just the end of the season of all the smiles and the, the grins from clients. Yeah. And it was just, just a, a quick, you know, little album or a little video of just a photo video Very of cool. the smiles. And it was, it was one of my favorites because it just, it just reminded me of why we love doing this Oh yeah, mm-hmm. and, and teaching people and showing their excitement, mm-hmm. whether I'm elk hunting and, and calling for people and listening to their excitement you know, the adrenaline rush that they get from hearing a bull elk come in or seeing somebody shoot their first fish. Right. It's just, it's, it's, it's a just, rush. It's, yeah. Big time. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And, and not to, you know, toot my own horn, but I did that for that person. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah absolutely. You get to say that hundred yep. percent, 10 times yep. over. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. And I, I so. really love the, the explanation of it's like, flames underwater yeah that is a very good way yeah. to put it in slow motion yeah. I, I can see that yeah i can vision that when you see uh-huh. a fan tail like that under oh, a, yeah. under a tree under the water and, you, and, you, and he's not swimming so when they swim the, the the is it more of a compact like like yeah. uh, you don't see it as much as they do when they're just sitting there kind of just floating around no you don't but i i have a recent video of i'm not sure where it's it's on my facebook but it's um, it's a fish just kind of sitting out in kind of broadside position, you know, mm-hmm. 10, 15 yards from the boat and, and it's all tucked in okay. except that back tail, oh. that back tail looked like extensions. Like, like he went to the, <laughs> the beauty shop and had yeah, extensions. Put right, it. Right. it was <laughs> insane on that one. But yeah, usually when they're, they're swimming away from you, they're tucked in, but you can still see that that uh, that tail fin okay. is quite a bit longer wow. than a, a common um and that when but yeah when they're just sitting there kind of idle it's and they're and they're still tucked in we've seen them so much that we can tell for the 99 percent mm-hmm. of the time that it's a butterfly right there sure sure and then and then they get you know the boat kind of drifts up closer to them and then they kind of scurry off a little bit and that's when they just they fan out sure and you're yelling shoot that hurry get it get it get it's going (laughs) that's so cool yeah that's awesome that's awesome that is awesome well travis and jenny i'm you know thank you so much for joining us here on the boat fishing buzz and telling us your story oh no problem lots of information you know from (laughs) from learning how the fish got into the river system i thought was just crazy yeah and um 
and what you guys are doing there. I can tell that you really love taking people out and enjoying watching their excitement in the sport that oh, you yeah. love. Absolutely. And, and that's yeah. awesome. That's really cool. So if any of our listeners are out there and they want to go on one heck of a trip, it sounds oh, yeah. like. Oh, yeah. You need to give up Travis and Jenny, Grins and Finns, bow fishing in Idaho for some butterfly. We're oh, gonna, yeah. We're going to we're gonna come out. I was just going to say, when are we yeah, going to book our trip? Yeah, you guys need to come yeah. out for yes. sure. Yes. yes. <laughs> that would be yeah. a blast. And, uh, you know, once again, thank you guys so much for joining us. It was great talking to you guys. And uh, we wish you the best of luck out there on your guiding out there. And uh, just keep putting those smiles on people's faces or yeah. grins, I guess, on yes. people's faces out yes. there. Grins. That's what it is, buddy. <laughs> That's right. Thanks for Very having cool. us. Thank yeah. you guys, thank so, you guys much. so much. We appreciate it. You, you guys have a great day. Yep, you, you as too. well. Bye-bye. Bye. When the clients are grinning, Travis and Jenny are winning. Yep, and they're loving it. They are. That's cool. Something that he said, too, that go, flew a little bit under the radar is he said, you know, he loves, one, he loves bow fishing. Got into mm-hmm. it like so many of us have. Something that was kind of a basic, he's shooting fish off a bridge type of deal, and that sparks an interest that leads you down a path, and now he's got his own guide service. Yeah. Him and Jenny have their own guide service. And um, But he mentioned in there, he says, I also love teaching. Right. You got to have that initial baseline of loving watching others succeed, not just mm-hmm. yourself. And that's mm-hmm. that's the combination that you need to make yourself right. a very successful right. guide. Yep. I mean that's when he said that I'm like, yep, he's got all he's got everything mm-hmm. that he needs. Yep. Mentally, physically, knowledge base. He's he's the real deal. Right. So and, it, and cool. how cool is that husband and wife? Yes, that's awesome. Doing something like that together that they both love. And you can hear the passion. The you can exactly. hear when, when Jenny was talking, you could hear the passion shining yeah. through that they really this is they, yep. they are genuinely passionate about mm-hmm. what they do just one more yeah yep just yeah. one more so how cool is that so yeah we need to go shoot some butterflies. i was just gonna maybe. say what are we doing next week we need to go shoot some butterfly yeah we're gonna be yeah yeah flame and carp flame and that was also a very cool way to describe that yeah oh it's like flames underwater right you can tell yeah he's got lots of experience with those right. fish. that's that's very cool mm-hmm. that's very cool so i'm mm-hmm. so glad they were able to join us that's yep. that's awesome Schmitty, what are we doing coming up here well, we, we just we're gonna. I think on our next podcast, yeah. I talked about next month. We're gonna have Pete Gregoire. Yes, yes. Talking about the uh, some of the regulation that they had to go fight down in Oklahoma. Oh, I still have my sunglasses on. I know you look like a wing nut. <laughs> I just we're re- sitting up here. I just in the realized studio. that. Are, are those like, lights that bright where you need to have your glasses on? Uh, my fantasy future is so bright. Fantasy football future is so bright. Those I gotta wear shades. Are so scratched to crap. It's just ridiculous. You know when I bought these, Matt. Would you like to hear the story? You're probably 17 years old. I think I was maybe 18 years old, and I bought them at a gas station on a way down to a bow fishing trip. We were going down to Kentucky or something, and I didn't have polarized glasses, and I ran into a quick trip. Ding, ding. (laughs) 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 And they've lasted to this day. Oh, that's cool. They're a little scratched up. That's cool. Yeah, but they work great. They work great. But next week, like you said, Matt, so uh, Travis was talking about flames underwater and big beautiful fish we will be doing the exact opposite of anything that has to do with fire or flame we will, we will be freezing our butts off but at the same time absolutely having a blast because mm-hmm. leaving today's monday the 15th tomorrow tuesday 16th at midnight so i guess we're leaving wednesday morning at wednesday. 12 a.m yeah. we are going to drive you myself uh tim who we've had on the podcast and another co-worker of ours here at ams bob we're going to go out to minnesota on our annual AMS right. bull fishing ice fishing trip, we and we're going to try to put some big old gillies topside. That's right. They're not going to go topside. They're going to go in my belly. They're going to go in our belly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And our our Packers play Saturday night. We'll be out there to watch that. So we mm-hmm. are we are go pumped pack, up. I hope we can uh, catch some fish. Even though, of yeah. course, 
we've had the mildest winter to date so far through halfway through January. And of course, starting like, you know, yesterday into this whole week, the highs are like zero. Low. I, had, I had negative eight this morning. Coming yeah. To work. High of zero, low of negative eight. Those temperatures are going to hold. It is going to be freezing it's cold for our entire ice fishing trip, which of course that always happens whenever yep. we want to go ice fishing. It's always <laughs> terrible weather, but uh, we'll make the most of it. We are. We'll hopefully try to go uh, catch some fish. So we are for sure. Well, Schmitty, yep, you know what that, that means. wraps up episode 73. Yep. The boat fishing buzz, baby. Go pack, go. Go pack, go. Absolutely. Don't forget to check out the new products by AMS Boat Fishing, the Ringo Bow, baby. Ringo Bow. We got the Sport Retriever, the Sport Combo, and the new Quad Lock right. for Mega Mouth. That whole Ringo Bow kit. Yeah. Three ninety nine, Schmitty. Yeah, that's got a reel and a rest mounted to it. You got our string things on there. The yeah. bow is ready to rock and roll. The Ringo Bow. Yeah, it's a sweet looking setup. Yep, it's a fish pretty. killer. Fish killer. It, it is. is pretty. It's it a is pretty, pretty. bow. Plus, white shows red very nice. That's right. So add some red speckles on yes. there. Yes. Yeah, a little <laughs> custom paint job when you get it in the boat. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, everybody. Well, from all of us here at Amos Bow Fishing and Mega Mouth Bow Fishing, we wish you all the best of luck. Remember. Aim low and think big. Thanks for listening, guys.